Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap, everybody. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. Now I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you tonight to connect properly with everything that God has planned to do here this evening so that you will not leave here the same but that you will be imparted and you will be greatly blessed before you exit the premises. Lift up your voices and speak to the Lord in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and speak to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We give you thanks. We glorify your name. I cannot hear your voices, my friends. I cannot hear your voices at all. Speaking to the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We worship you tonight. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. You are great. Yes, you are. Holy one. You walked upon the sea. Raised the dead. You reign in majesty. Mighty God, everything written about you is great. Everybody sing, you are great, yes you are Lord. You are great, yes you are. Holy one, you walked upon the sea. You walked upon the sea and you raised the dead. You reign in majesty, you reign in majesty, mighty God. Everything written, everything written about you is great. Let me hear you sing, you are great. You are great. Oh, you are great. Yes, you are. You are great. Sing again. You are great. Oh, Lord, you are great. Everything, everything written about you is great. Sing it again. You are great. Tell the Lord you are great. You are so great. Yes, you are. You are great. Oh, Lord, you are great. 
you are great. We say everything written about you is great. Now sing, demons tremble at your presence, Lord. Demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Everything written about you is great. Singing again. What do the demons do? Let me hear you testify. Come on. Demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. Everybody sing glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise his name. We know that everything retained, everything retained about you is great. Lift your voices and sing with me. You are great. You are great. You are great. to the Lord and testify again you are great you are great said you are so great there is none like you you are great you are great you are Everything written about you is great. Yes, Lord, everything written about you is great. And when we gather like this, we know that we've come before a great God. The mighty King. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. The Creator of all the universe. Tonight we are convinced that you have a word for us. We pray and ask your Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts to receive that word that is able to save our souls. Thank you for everyone present here. Thank you for all those watching online. Thank you that all of us will see your glory in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say amen. Say a louder amen. Clap unto the Lord again and praise his name. God bless you. And you may be seated. It's always a joy and a pleasure to gather again in the presence of the Lord with the people of God. Hallelujah. And I want you to take these times of fellowship very important. Treat them as very important times with the Lord and in the presence of the Lord. And you know for some weeks I've been sharing with you about seven attitudes that you must come to God with. 
And by the grace of God, we completed that um, last week, Wednesday. Is that not so? Is that not so? Yes, it is. Now, tonight, I have some seven more attitudes for you. And this time, I want to share with you seven attitudes you must have towards your church family. Seven attitudes you must have toward your church family. Hallelujah. Seven attitudes you must have toward your church family. Now, even before I move into the attitudes, there are some three important things that I want you to understand about church. Somebody say, tell us, pastor, tell us. The first important thing you must understand about church is this. That church is not the building or the place of worship. Church is not the building or the place of worship. That's the first important thing that I want you to understand about church. That it's not a building. It is not the place of worship. That's not what church is. Now, I know that traditionally, we've always seen church as the building or the facility. So, for most of us, when we say, yeah, quite sorry. Yeah, quite sorry. Our mindset is that we are going to a building called church. But you must understand that church is not the building and church is not the place of worship. Rather, it is the believers who gather in the building or space. That is what we mean by church. So you are the church. I said you are the church. Lift up your hand and say, we are the church. It is not the building. It is not a meeting place. It is not the space we gather in. But we are the church. Hallelujah. So once you have believers gathering in the name of the Lord, right there you have what we call church. And the church is referring to the body of believers and not to the building or to the facility. Amen. Now, let me prove that to you. Look at Acts chapter 5 verse 11. Acts chapter 5 and verse 11. I'm sure that most of you are familiar with the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias went to lie. He went to sell a piece of land or property that he had. Brought money to the church and gave the impression that the money he had brought was everything that he earned from what he sold. And it was not easy for him that day. He died. And his wife, who was aware of what he had done, also came and lied and she also died. So there was a funeral in the home of Mr. Ananias and his wife. One night, father and mother were gone. All right. Now, after this event, the Bible says in verse 11 of Acts chapter 5, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Now, notice what it says. Great fear gripped the entire church. It was not talking about a building. Have you seen a building that is afraid before? 
How many of you have seen a building that is afraid before? So obviously, when the Bible talks about the church, that great fear gripped the entire church, it is not referring to a building. It is referring to the people, the members of the church or the believers in the church. Is that easy to understand? Let me show you another example in Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Acts 20 verse 28. Paul gave a speech to the leaders and the elders in the church and he said to them, So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock. And what does he say after that? His church purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. So he gives an instruction, that is the Apostle Paul, that the pastors and the leaders and the elders in the church are to feed and shepherd God's flock. And he describes who God's flock is. He says God's flock is who? The church. His church. So again, we can see from this that church is not a building lah. And it's not a meeting place. One more example. Romans chapter 16 verse 3 to 5. Again, is brother Paul writing and saying, Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once raised their lives for me. I am thankful to them and so are all the Gentile churches. Then notice what he says after this. He said, also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Ever since you were born, have you greeted a building before? Is there anybody who has greeted a building before? Or you, 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 you woke up in your room one day and when you woke up, you said to the building, <laughs> Nobody does that. So when he says, give my greetings to the church, he qualifies it and explains the church that meets in their home. So the church, ladies and gentlemen, is not a building. It is not a meeting place. You must get this understanding clearly in your heart and in your spirit. You are the church. And that is why it is important that the pastors and the leaders and the elders of the church pay attention to who the church really is. It's not a building. It is not a building. I believe in church buildings. And by the grace of God, we will build a church building. You see that I was also falling into the trap. Okay? By the grace of God, we will build a church building or a tabernacle or a temple or a meeting place. We will by the grace of God. But we must understand that when we talk about church, you are the church. And so we, we need as pastors and leaders of the church to focus on you more than the material things. I'm saying something. Somebody said, the pastor is saying something. Mm. So the first thing I, I really wanted you, first important thing I wanted you to understand about the church is that the church is not a building 
neither is it the place of worship the second important thing you must understand about the church is that the church is a family the church is dear being a family and you and i belong to this family of god that's the second important thing you must understand about church the church is a family and you and i belong to this family of god so the church is the family of god somebody said the church is the family of god say the church is a family and this family is the family of god hallelujah ephesians chapter 3 reading from verse 14 king james version i will prefer this time it says for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named take note of that sentence or that phrase of whom and the whom here is referring to jesus he says of whom the whole family so the bible is talking about a family he says the whole family in heaven and earth is named it continues that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by spirit in the inner man but i need your attention to go to that statement the whole family in heaven and earth ladies and gentlemen this family is the family of god this family is what the family of god that is what paul is talking about here that's what the bible is talking about here so when he talks about the whole family in heaven and earth named after jesus it is referring to the family of god now part of that family is in heaven and in heaven those who constitute the family of god are the angels are the saints who have gone before so they form the family of god in heaven but that is not the only part of the family of god there is also the family of god on earth and that family ladies and gentlemen is what we call church so the church is a family and you and i belong to this family of god you want to say pastor what are you saying now to really understand this you must ask yourself that what is a family when we say a family what is it a family is any group of persons closely related by blood does that make sense yeah so that's what a family is a family is any group of people related by blood so you come from a family and we call it a family because those of you who are members of that family are related by blood Emmanuel do you have brothers and sisters beautiful together with your brothers and sisters and your parents and your uncles 
and your aunties and your cousins and your nephews and your nieces and your dog 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 is not part sorry sorry now those of you in that family are considered a family because you are related by blood and so if they were to take blood samples from each and every one of you belonging to the family what's your surname beautiful so when we take the Kliti family we take every member of the Kliti family you and you examine their blood you will discover that there are similarities there's something they do called a DNA test and when you conduct a DNA test on the members of the same family, you will, you will discover similar trends and similar traits. So you are called a family because you are related by blood. So that's what a family is. Are you with me? Number two, a family is all those persons who are considered as descendants of a common ancestor. All those persons considered as descendants of a common ancestor. That's what we call a family. So, your great, 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 great grandfather gave birth to your great, 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 great grandfather who gave birth to your great, great, great grandfather who gave birth to your great grandfather who gave birth to your grandfather who gave birth to your father and gave birth to you. Now, the one from whom you all descended and all of you together, the descendants, are called a family. That's another definition for family. Is it easy to understand? The third definition of a family is any group of persons who form a household under one head. Any group of persons who form a household under one head. That constitutes a family. So, I am the family head of this household. And everybody under my headship makes up my family. So, in my family, currently, that is those who make up my household, there are six of us who live in the same house. So, we, we make up a family. So that's what a family is. Any group of persons who form a household under one head. And then the final definition of what a family is, is that it is a group of persons. Are you there? A group of persons who are generally not blood relations, mm -hmm, but who share common attitudes, interests, or goals. These are dictionary definitions. I didn't make it up. A group of a group of people who are generally not blood relations, 
who share common attitudes, interests, or goals is considered to be a family. Now, in the very first definition I gave you, I said a family is any group of persons closely related by blood. Did you write that down? So that is one of the definitions of a family. But there's also another definition of a family that doesn't have anything to do with blood. But what binds them together and causes us to consider them a family is that they share common attitudes, common interests, or common goals. Hallelujah. So when you have that, we say that it is a family. So, you can talk about the NPP family. You can talk about the NDC family. You can talk about the PNC family. Now, those who belong to the family are not related by blood. But they are related by their common interests and goals. And that is what makes them a family. Why have I given you these definitions? Because I'm trying to link it to what I said earlier. That the church is a family. The first thing that I needed you to understand about the church. Is that it is not the building. And it is not the meeting place. Then the second truth. That I needed you to understand about the family. Is that about the church. Is that the church is a family. And that you and I belong to this family called the family of God. Now, I want to let you understand why we consider the church a family. And that is why I have defined to you what a family is. Now, let's relate these definitions to the church. And see whether the church qualifies to be called a family. Now, the first definition is that it's any group of persons closely related by blood. May I announce to you that you and I who belong to the church are closely related by blood. Whose blood? I didn't hear you. Whose blood? I didn't hear it. Whose blood? Jesus' blood. And this blood is superior to the blood of the... What did you say your surname is again? It is superior to the blood of the Agloes. It is superior to the blood of the Avanyos. It is superior to the blood of the Jijas. And then there are some people who think that their name is royalty. Boating or say. <laughs> Boating or say. They feel that they are royalty. It is. Your face. <laughs> the blood of Jesus is superior to the blood of the Boating or says. And you and I are a family. We are the church and we are a family and we qualify we qualify to be called a family because we are connected 
by the blood of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands for this powerful blood. And how did this happen when we became born again? When we gave our lives to Jesus. When we accepted the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. When we came under the fountain of his blood to be washed and to be cleansed and to be purged and to be made brand new. We now qualified to be called the family of God. The second definition all those persons considered as descendants of a common ancestor. We also, we have a common ancestor. And who is that ancestor? Jesus Christ. Because we came through him. He is called the firstborn. So in that family, the church family, Jesus Christ is the firstborn. And the rest of us are the second, the third, the fourth, the hundred, the millionth, the billionth, the trillionth, the member of the family. Hallelujah. So he is the ancestor from whom considered as descendants of a common ancestor. Yes. Beautiful. So our ancestor and it says a yebushi me from today don't cry about the family from which you come there's a song that this sister has been singing and there's a line in the song that says what, what is it again truth be told some of us the families that we come from nobody prospers nobody progresses nobody achieves anything great there are some families when you trace the family roots only thieves robbers school dropouts and all kinds of funny characters are traced to that family Look, from today, don't worry if that is the kind of family you come from. Your level has changed now. Your position has changed now. Now you are part of a truly royal family. Not the Boati or Self family. I'm talking about the family of God. I said the family of God. I said the family of God. Hallelujah. And we are descendants of a common ancestor, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The other definition of a family is any group of persons who form a household under one head. Now, we form a household. And once again, who is the head of that household? Jesus. Then the last definition, a group of people who are generally not blood relations, but who share common attitudes, interests, or goals. Now, we are not related by biological blood. So in a certain sense, we are not blood relations. But there's something that has brought us together. Our beliefs, our interests, our goals. We are together because we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. We believe that he came to die for us. 
we believe that he shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary to purge us from our sins. We believe that he died and was buried but on the third day he rose again from the dead. We believe that after he resurrected from the dead he ascended into heaven. We believe that he is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. We believe that from there he will return again to judge the living and the dead. We believe these things. And these common beliefs, we also have a goal that when we die, we will go to heaven. We have a goal that when we get to heaven, God will give us a beautiful place to live in. We believe that when Jesus promised that in the Father's house are many mansions and he was going to prepare a place for us, we believe that we will make it there and go and live in our mansions. So our beliefs, our interests, our goals, because they are common, they make us a family. So ladies and gentlemen, putting all of these things that I have said together, I am establishing a very important truth. And the truth is that the church of God is a family. And that you and I are part of a family. And the family that we are part of is the family of God. Hallelujah. So that is why we sing a song that I've asked the worship leader to be singing every Sunday. But since I asked him, he's not sung it even once. I love this family of God. So close we are knitted into one. They've taken me into the realms and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Listen again. I love this family of God. What is it? So close we are knitted into one. They've taken me into the realms and I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. Hallelujah. So that is the second important thing that I needed you to understand about the church. The first one is that the church is not a building. And the church is not the place of worship. But it is the believers who gather in that building or space. That is what we call church. The second thing that I have tried to get you to understand. Is that the church is a family. And you and I belong to this family of God. The third thing I want you to understand. Is that there are different units. Or segments. To the church family. But it is one family. There are different units. Or parts. Or segments. To the church family. But it is one family. 
That's the third thing you must understand about the church. There are different units or segments to the church family, but it is one family. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 to 19. New Living Translation. May I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that really what I want to share with you is seven attitudes that we must have toward our church family. So that is really the title of the series. I haven't moved yet into the attitudes. The reason is because I have mentioned something here. Church family. And I'm trying to get you to understand some important things about the church. That is not just a building. That number two, the church is a family. And number three... There are different units or segments or parts to the church family. It is important for you to understand these things about the church. So that now when I move into sharing with you the attitudes that you must have towards the church family, you will understand exactly what we are talking about. Can I have an amen? Somebody say, teach, pastor, teach. I've asked you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, reading from verse 14. It says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. 15. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles. Between who? Between Jews and Gentiles. How did he do this? By creating in himself one new people from the two groups. 16. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to death. 17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him. And peace to the Jews who were near one group was near one group was far but he brought peace to the two groups and he joined them into one body 18 now all of us can come to the father through the same holy spirit because of what christ has done for us and the last verse 19 so now you gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Is it not a beautiful scripture? Beautiful. 
It's a beautiful scripture. So the Bible is explaining to us that we are members of God's family. But it didn't used to be so. Once upon a time, there were two distinct groups that occupied the face of the earth. One group was the Jews or the people from Israel who were and still are God's special people that he separated unto himself. God decided that he was going to raise a group of people through his servant Abraham. And that group of people were going to become a special nation unto him. This is the nation of Israel. And this is something that we should not argue about. It is something that we should not be angry about. Because God has a right to choose who he wants to choose. And to use whom he wants to use. Why did you wear the dress that you are wearing today? You chose to wear it. Why should the other dresses that you left in your wardrobe, if you have a wardrobe, why would they be angry that you did not wear them? All they have to do is to stay in the wardrobe coolly and tell themselves that my time will come. Now God decided that he was going to choose and dedicate and consecrate a group of people one group of people, one race of people unto himself, called the nation of Israel, that was birthed through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Besides them, or apart from them, is the rest of us. And we have been given the name Gentiles. <laughs> so there are the Jews, and there are the Gentiles. And God created a set of laws and commandments for this group called the Jews that they were supposed to follow and live by. For the rest of us, he left us. But he always had a plan because he's a God who knows the end from the beginning. And from the time that Adam sinned and Adam fell, God actually had the plan this plan of joining the two groups together he already had it in place it was there before the foundations of the world were laid he knew exactly what he was doing god never gets confused we are the ones who get confused we are the ones who don't understand what is going on but god knows the end from the beginning so yes there was a season when the nation of Israel was like a special group to himself and he did amazing things for that nation through that nation by that nation. But whilst he was doing that, there was a plan in place. The redemption plan had already been hatched waiting for due season and the right time when Jesus was going to come. He was going to shed his blood and then through that event, he was going to join the two groups of people together and make them one family. That will be called the family of God. Hallelujah. Now, beyond this, I need to have you understand 
that when we talk about the church, the family of God, the point that I made is that it is made up of different units, different segments, or different parts. That's what it is. So what are these different parts and segments? Apart from that broad general grouping or categorization of the Jews and the Gentiles, you can break it down further. And when you are talking about the different units or segments of the church family, you can talk about, if you like, the different denominations. They constitute the different parts of the church family. So we have the Orthodox, we have the Protestants, we have the Pentecostals, we have the Charismatics, later on we will have the Charismatics. I don't know where we are going from here. But these are the different units and the different segments of the family of God called the church. And even with these denominations, there are also other smaller units. So, if you take the Orthodox churches, which churches constitute the Orthodox church? Methodist, Catholic, Presby, Anglican. Then, when you take the Pentecostals, which churches constitute the Pentecostal church? Church of Pentecost? Apostolic? Which other ones? Assemblies of God. Then we have the Baptist. And look, there are different parts, different segments. But it's important to understand that it is still one family. It is still one family. And I want you to understand that there are different parts and there are different segments and there are different units of the church family. But it is important that every believer and every Christian will understand that we are one family. So anything that we do or any way that we operate in that causes divisions and rifts and strife amongst us, we must understand that we are doing something evil and it is something that God frowns against and God is very angry about thank God for whichever denomination you belong to but don't ever tell yourself and deceive yourself into thinking that you are the denomination and everybody else is something else. Or you are only interested in your denomination, 
But you don't care a hoot about the other denominations. What you don't realize is that when you position yourself as such, you are actually harming your own self. Your fingernails are part of your body. No matter what you do. Your feet, your toes are part of your body. And you may think that certain parts of your body are not important, are not needed, are not necessary. You wait till something happens to one small part of your body. Think about the effect it will have on the rest of your body. I used to chew my nails. Every now and again, I put my fingers in my mouth, not to chew, but it's because it's a habit, a very bad one. Don't follow me. But by the grace of God, I stopped chewing them. But I could chew. And chewing them was so nice. You may not understand it. I don't blame you. But you see, there were times when in chewing them, I will bite a small part. You see that part in the corner. And in biting, I don't bite it well. So I bite into something I shouldn't bite into. And the pain. You would have thought that the pain would just be concentrated there. But you feel it everywhere. Have you realized that when you have a cut, sometimes you can even get a headache. What does a cut on your finger have to do with a pain in your head? Because they are connected. They are connected. So this is something that all believers should know. And the pastors and the leaders of the churches must tell them that a person must not belong to the same fold you belong to to be considered a brother or to be considered a sister. Your brother and your sister in Christ is not the one who sits in the same church building with you. Grow up. Let's grow up in our minds and in our mindsets. And let's stop the childish behavior where we think that it is only our fold, our congregation, that is the most important thing in the world. Everything else is insignificant. Where did we learn these things from? So I'm telling you something. All of us are not in the same church as it were in the same church unit or segment. But I do not have to be in the same church with you for me to consider you my brother. For me to consider you my sister. For me to show you love. For me to care about you. It doesn't have to be like that. Because there are even churches that are angry when their members marry from another church. 
Can you believe anything that ridiculous? It happens. Recently, a couple came to see me. They were just about to get married. They came to tell me about it. And they also came to thank me. Why? Because the lady was in one church and the guy was in another church. And the lady was in a church that I used to pastor. When she came and told me that she has found somebody and she's falling in love with that person. Her problem was that this brother was in another church and so she was worried I said Ebe what is your problem is he a believer yes is he committed to God yes is he active in the service of God she said he's a pastor and I said so what is the problem Her problem was that she has over the years been made to believe that if you marry somebody from another church or another segment of the church family, you are marrying a problem. It is not said like that too. But that's the implication. It's like it won't work. That the only one that will work is if you marry a brother who is in the same fold with you it's great if that can happen it's great but it must not be the reason why you cannot marry somebody just because he's not in the same church with you he's not in the same church unit or segment with you but he is part of the family that you belong to called the family of God that should settle it I said that should settle it. That should settle it. And so if you are an employer and you are employing people, anybody who comes who is a believer and is a Christian, if the person has what it takes, why would you not give the opportunity to him or her? And say that I'm waiting for somebody who is in the same church with me. Now, I can understand that. I can. But you see, that same line of thinking is also very dangerous. Because it brings divisions and a certain kind of separation that Christ never intended when he was shedding his blood to put us together. He never intended it. That's why it says, as much as you have opportunity, do good to all men, particularly those who are of the household of faith. That is the family of God. So do good to all men, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. And that's a way of describing the church family. So ladies and gentlemen, I need you to understand these three important things about the 
church so that when next week I move into the seven attitudes you must have toward your church family you can you you will understand it better because you have been made to understand what the church is next week I will move into that and I believe that we are going to have a very interesting journey into the word of God ladies and gentlemen rise to your feet and let us close tonight's service hallelujah bow down your heads and let's pray thank you father for tonight and thank you for what we have just learned what we've been taught from your word thank you father for the deep understanding that has come forth about what the church really is about who is the church how that it is not a building it is not a meeting place or a facility that the church is a family that we belong to the family of God part of which is in heaven and part of which is on earth thank you for this understanding also that there are different units and segments to the church family but it is still one family and we belong to one another that we need each other to survive may these truths stay with us and guide us in how we relate with one another deliver us from that serious error where we do not relate well with other brethren simply because they do not belong to the same fold that we belong to forgive us for the divisions and the barriers that we have erected even though christ removed those barriers and made the two groups into one through his blood because he is our peace who broke down every wall of partition that separated us forgive us for erecting those walls again help us to repent from these things and do a drastic turn around so that we'll be pleasing unto you and we'll save ourselves from your wrath and your anger i thank you father for tonight in jesus mighty name let everybody say amen Give Jesus a hand clap, my friends. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.